Hi, nakikinig kayo ngayon sa How to Be You Po podcast kung saan mapagkikinggan natin ang mga kwento ng iba't ibang young professionals patungkol sa kanilang experiences sa studies at work. Ako ang inyong host, Kuya Marco, and today ang ating guest ay si Ate Christine Balidi. Si Ate Christine ay isang ngayong data scientist para sa West Farmers Corporation in Australia. Bago rito ay nagtrabaho rin siya para sa McKinsey and Company for two and a half years. Siya ay mayroong BS degree sa computer science mula sa UP Diliman at MS degree in knowledge service engineering mula naman sa Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology o KAIST. Nung college pa lang ay napakarami ng accomplishments ni Ate Tin. Halimbawa lang ay ang pagiging isang Google Student Ambassador, chairperson ng UP Association for Computing Machinery o UPACM at developer para sa iba't ibang mobile apps. Ilan lang diyan ay ang Roadmob at Wonder Lab, and later sa kanyang masters ay Sleep Tracks, Finder, at Klingo. So, hi Atitin. <laughs> Welcome sa podcast. Maidagdag ko lang sa introduction natin na kung paano tayo naging acquainted. Bale, same tayo ng scholarship nung college, no? so yung yusong scholarship. And actually, dun sa scholarship na yun, we meet scholars, we meet once a month for seminars no that we organize ourselves so yes. so sa mga naalala ko about you ate yung pagiging ano niyo Google student ambassador so can you just describe briefly lang siguro kung ano ba yung yon yung Google student ambassador ah yes so nung third year ko sa college may um, opportunity na, na represent sa akin which is to apply for the Google Student Ambassador program. So basically, um, yung program na yun, um, yung Google nagsusponsor sila ng mga students and those students, um, they organize events within their schools or universities that are um, related to technology or promoting the use of Google um, tools and products into um, an educational context. So like nung panahon na yun, in, I think in 2013, uh, Big push ng Google is Google Maps, um, yung Google Apps for Education, so yung Gmail, Google Drive, um, as well as yung Android development. So nung time na yon, nag-organize ako ng mga community events sa dorms. So nag-organize ako ng map-up in UP dorms. So basically, yung map-ups, you you put and um, put pins and like name specific details about a place in Google Maps. So it's like a way of gathering um crowdsourcing information about a place, which is really helpful when you're doing disaster relief and just making information more reliable in Google Maps. Tapos yung Android development to get people to uh, an introduction to how do you actually make apps on mobile on mobile phones. Oh. Yeah, that's mostly it. Just you're um, a liaison between Google and the community, which is your university and kind of push um, like great products and hmm. tools that help students. Actually, this map up um actually laging contributor ata ako doon eh kasi although for for ano siya for NSTP so parang may, yung NSTP ko kasi is for geodet um geodetic engineering ata yung NSTP kanon <laughs> and may may ganun silang pa activity sa amin so doon sa is ilang mga communities malapit sa UP nag nag ano nga kami nag pin kami ng mga areas doon i'm not sure lang kung meron pa nitong Google Ambassadors ambassadors ngayon ngayon no sa sa Philippines Well, nagkaroon din kasi ng pandemic. So, medyo mas mahirap din kung mag-create ng events. Pero kung meron, um, check lang nila. Uh, kung interested sila, mag-apply sila. Ah, meron pa rin. Pero nag-rebrand sila instead of na Google Student Ambassadors, hmm. naging Google Student Developer Group. Actually, so, nakita ko. Okay. Person, it's like an, an entire club. So, if you're going into um, college and you want to find out whether that, that organization exists within your school, I think it's worth doing that. Because you get access to all these free resources from Google as well as like working opportunities. And even if your school doesn't have it, I think you can go online and find like events that they organize that are open to all. It's not an actual event, like it's not a real life event. So you can go and join virtually, which is really good in terms of getting more audience and making your, um, I guess, your scope broader. <laughs> Um, ngayon babaktak tayo ate. So, babalik tayo dun sa bago, bago pa lang kayo magpumasok sa college. So, pinili nyo nga computer science as a course. So, ano yung mm-hmm. nag-inspire sa inyo para, para i-take yung course nito? Yes, um, that is a good question. Actually, yung, yung choice to take computer science, um, I think it happened as a coincidence. 
Um, actually, no nagaplay ako sa UP. Hindi ko first choice yung computer science, but I wanted to take um, I think BAA, which is like uh, business administration and accountancy, the most popular course in UP, and I wanted to take that. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get in. Uh, obviously, because it's very competitive. So in the second round of choosing courses, I picked three courses, which is, I think, um, the first one was uh, materials engineering, uh, metallurgical engineering, and lastly, computer science. And <laughs> yes, it is my third choice. And I didn't get in, and I didn't get into the two courses that I picked. So I ended up in computer science. And actually, the reason why I picked computer science in that oh, yeah. like three options is because in high school, you take like a, a test, a nationwide test where people uh, that's supposed to help you decide what type of career you want. So oh, for example, for example, like nung sa akin, yung results ng test na yun, nakalimutan ko na kung ano yung pangalan ng test, pero it's meant to help you decide what career you should pursue. Uh, isa sa mga strengths na nandun sa assessment ko is an analyst um, and like maths <laughs> and sciences. So I think that the computer science has uh, leverages those skills. Um, and I was also really keen in like building technology. So I, I just picked computer science in the hopes of like, maybe I'll get in. I wasn't expecting to get in, but I did. And so <laughs> it's a coincidence. <laughs> it's not like it was, it was my top choice, but I think that that coincidence um, got me to a very great journey um, in technology and actually having a career in it. Um, so, well, to, to tell you about my experience, no first semester ago sa UP, uh, I really struggled because um, I I wasn't a coder prior to oh, joining. <laughs> so it's like, I never coded before. And your first semester, you're um, with people na, who have coded in the past, mm -hmm. like, high school like tapos nung first like first few months ko I really struggled like syntactically learning how to code and just adopting that you know mindset of coding is not like just memorizing the syntax it's actually problem solving so Did it you took even me have a, no, a laptop time na yun. no actually not so I was using this like really old laptop that I had um, which was given to me by my aunt. So, yung laptop na yun, hindi ko nga madaladala anywhere else kasi kailangan yun nakaplug palagi. So, what I would do is I would go to the library and um, just use the computer there to practice coding um, and do my homeworks. <laughs> so, yeah, it was an interesting journey for me. And uh, maybe I can talk about how, uh, how I overcome like the hurdles of getting computer science and the difficulty of learning how to code for the very first time a bit later. Okay. Kasi similar tayo ate, no? so wala din akong experience sa programming nung high school. Pumasok ako sa triple E, so electrical and electronics communication engineering. Pero meron din, malaking part din kasi nun yung programming eh. So yeah, nag-catch up din talaga ako. Uh, pero no, so nabanggit niyo ate, no? uh, nag, medyo nag-struggle kayo sa simula. Ano ba yung mga, paano ba sinisimulan yung pag-aaral dito sa computer science? So, ano yung first introductory courses na tinitake ng mga students? Yes. So, nung panahon ko sa UP, um, yung, I think, first semester ko, mayroon kaming course na CS11, which is Introduction to Computer Science. So, sa CS11, uh, tinuturan kayo paano mag-code. Sa panahon ko, it was C. Um, so, C yung first language na uh, natutunan ko how to code in. Um, tapos, along with that, they tell you how to do flowcharts and how to write pseudocode and essentially um, get you into a mindset of how algorithms work and how you can write algorithms and make computer run those algorithms. Um, so you know just now CS11. And alongside that, you also have to take maths courses. Mm -hmm. So in conjunction to CS11, Marin coming Math 17. Um, and sometimes like your problems in Math 17 actually kinocode them in CS11, which is really interesting. <laughs> and my problems about like um, factorials, permutations, um, ano pa yung mga, mga problems common na, commonly na pinapasolve sa CS11 dati. Uh, I remember doing a lot of um, problem sets around loops <laughs> and functions, um, yung mga uh, conditionals, so if-else statements. So yun yung mga, mga classical concepts, which I think everybody who's going to do computer science uh, actually goes through during their first semester. And the difficulty of that is 
if first time mo mag-code, you're overwhelmed by the syntax because you have to remember how to do certain things. Like learning how to code for the first time is like speaking a new language. May mga certain nuances yung coding language na kailangan mong i-master um, at first. And then once you get that phase, you actually can switch to this mindset of, oh, I'm comfortable with the language now. Now let me create an entire paragraph. In this case, in in this case, in this analogy, it would be like, how do I solve this problem and generate this output using this language that I just learned? So yung switch that that switch can take a while, and I think that's what was driving a lot of people to um, to not pursue it since they're not they think that this is just syntax. I'm having a hard time learning the syntax, but actually, once you get over that, things kind of become make more sense and it make, becomes more natural to you so yeah that would be it <laughs> the first first semester struggles and then obviously it gets a little bit more difficult as you go on um, but you know the degree of difficulty is also um, correlated to the degree of learning that you do mm. so you would notice that um, if you compare your coding skills your first semester and your coding skills maybe at the end of your first year you would see an exponential growth in your learning. Like, oh, I never, I, I only knew how to do hello world before, but now at the end of my second semester, first year, I can like make a GUI in Java <laughs> and that GUI can do things and I can make games. This is so fun. <laughs> so syntax, no, ate, it takes time talaga to, to learn this, to learn syntax. And to learn syntax then, you have to, Learn by doing din eh. Yun yung best yes. way to learn it. So, it takes time and it takes effort. So, and yun nga, yung iba, parang medyo nagiging impatient or oo, na-overwhelm nga sila. Tapos medyo na, yung iba na di-discourage masyado to pursue hmm. it. Pero actually, every, parang anyone naman can learn it given time and yun nga, effort din, no? Yes. So, actually, I wish something they, uh, they taught us before, like actually delving into the coding is, Sana tinuro nila yung mindset of problem solving first. So tipong, um, may problem kayo tapos kailangan yung a, a write in paper yung solution or a flow chart paano isolve yung problem. Saka na, saka na nila pinasok yung coding kasi kapag hindi siya, mahirap siyang pagsabayin. So I would probably suggest na maybe in like, good CS curriculums, they would do that first in the first half of the semester and then bring in the programming um, like on top of that. Because it doesn't, some people lose track that actually computer science is not just writing Sep- code, problem solving. <laughs> oh, and separate ways of learning din yung dalawang magkaibang parang discipline yes. na yun, no? Ganun pala yung start ng pag-aaral nung time nyo ng computer science. Ngayon may mga konting pagbabago ate, no? I think. Dahil nagkaroon ng mga pagbabago sa curriculum, sa, sa lahat ng course ata, ng, mm. since 2018, dahil nagkaroon ng K-12 sa Pilipinas. And sinag ko kanina lang, uh, mukhang ano no ate, yung pagtuturo ngayon ng computer science, ang sabi dito, mas nagiging na siyang fundamentals driven. And I think dahil ano yun, yung industry nyo talaga, ang bilis at saka patuloy na nagbabago pa. So, kung mag-focus nga naman sa isang specific na technology at skill, baka maging outdated yun agad or something. So, yun, mukhang nagiging fundamentalist driven daw sila and yung, yung mga specific skills para matutunan siya, yun na nga, through experimentation, learning by doing na lang daw. And, sig- pwede yung itouch natin yung mga tinuturo ngayon sa computer science and siguro, i-compare nyo na lang sa time nyo kung ganito yeah. yun ba yung, yung parang approach. So, hmm. mukhang same lang to sa CS11. May CS11 pa rin ngayon, computer programming, one and hmm. two. So, hindi si, ko lang sure kung anong language na yung, ginag, yung unang, yung ginagamit na. Pero para sa inyo, tingin nyo naman, maganda yung CS starting language. No? <laughs> Ay, so, Python ba? Ano ba? Yes. So, nung, um, I think nung 2014 sa UP, binago nila yung curriculum. Ah, okay. So, yung intro to CS is Python na, hindi na CSC. Ah, okay, okay. Kasi, yung Python, I guess, easier to learn yung syntax uh, compared to C. So, yung fundamentals na sinasabi mo, like yung problem solving um, and yung algorithm. Oo nga, mas, ma- mas makikita mo yung problem solving part nung yeah. <laughs> hindi ka ma-overwhelm masyado sa syntax. Nice. Okay. So, siguro, like, um, I'm sure ganun na rin ngayon. Ganun ngayon. Actually, yes. ganun na rin ata sa Tripoli ngayon. Nag-start na ata sila sa Python, which is, I think, good din talaga. 
uh, meron din kayong digital electronics and circuits. You know, yung hardware subject namin actually, yung um, CS21 is what we call it in the past. So, yun, uh, we code in assembly, we learn to code in assembly. <laughs> Part na nag-raspberry pi kami. Uh-huh. Ayun, nag-soldering, tas may, may uh, I can't remember anymore, but it's the only hmm. subject where we okay. deal with hardware. <laughs> After nung basic siguro ng electronics, yun nga, papasok kayo sa computer architecture. Ito yeah. din yung pinaka-enjoy ko na subject actually sa, sa nung college ko. No? Pero kinetic namin to sobrang layo pa. Like nasa fourth year, fifth year pa. Kayo oh, nasa, really? nasa second year. So to- sa totoo lang, ito yung pinaka-enjoyable na subjects ko. Kung mas maaga sana itong natake, parang mas, mas marami akong tinake na related din sa subjects na yun. No? Na, mm. na courses. Uh, okay, so yun, lang, yun pala yung, yun lang yung hardware subject niya, no? Yes. Uh, and then other things na mahalagang tinuturo sa inyo ay data structures and algorithms. Ano I pa? think data structures more on um, like list, queues, mm-hmm. um, stacks, tapos yung mga operations around it. So how do you uh-huh. like um, sort, insert, um, and like remove items from a list, a stack, a queue. So uh, it's a way of, um, I guess, organizing, um, solving problems in a specific way through data okay. structure. Tapos tuturuan din kayo about um, yung complexity, time and space complexity. So yung mga big O notation, like kay, paano, pan, may mga techniques on how to transform exponential, um, exponentially time algorithms to linear time to make it run faster. Tuturuan kayo ng dynamic programming, which is really interesting. Um, that, that's a more advanced topic, but if you're really interested, I would like, have a look at dynamic programming. <laughs> At gagamitin itong mga basics na to para sa susunod na mga subjects which is alimbawa uh, database systems, no? Kailangan yes. yung yung data structures doon. Uh, pati na rin sa operating systems, I guess, um, in terms of making algorithms more efficient. So yun. So mal- kaya din siya fundamental talaga sa simula, no? So yung mga susunod na siguro medyo mas advanced na mga subjects na tinitake ay yun nga, nabanggit ko na operating systems, database systems. Yes. For operating system, kailangan mo din yung, yung naunang computer architecture na knowledge na, na, na na-take mo previously. Yes. At so sumusunod siguro doon sa sumusunod siguro doon sa mga yun, computer networks na and mm. computer security. Ano mm. pa? Um, artificial intelligence. <laughs> Oo, doon na nga ipapunta na tayo doon eh. So, artificial, <laughs> which is yun nga, in ling, yun yung linya niya. No? So, artificial intelligence, nandito yung, yung mga iba pang mga terms na popular ngayon yung data science, uh, machine learning. So, yes. I think, um, so, yung first two years sa computer science, at least sa UP, um, mm. more on fundamentals talaga siya, tas figury. Tas yung uh, napansin ko na kapag third year, fourth year, you tra- start to transition into topics that are more practical. So, yung third year, my databases kami. So, like, databases, you can make an entire career out of that. Um, <laughs> security, the more specialized topics. Uh. And, I think that what really sparked, uh, made computer science a lot more fun for me. I had more fun in my third and fourth years because of that. Because I can like keep up with what in the industry people are talking about. So kapag sinasabi sa amin ng third year, o kapag gusto niyo yung market, kailangan yung like uh, pay attention to databases and like learn it really well. Because you will need that when you work in the future or you want to take like side hustles now as a student, um, building databases for um, like freelancers. That sort of thing. Tapos, yun, pumapasok din yung software engineering, um, which is like, I guess, 70% of graduates from computer science do at the moment. Uh, um, yeah, so you'll have more fun building building more practical applications and seeing the practical side of computer science in your last two years. Uh, But it's not it's not a reason for you to not start doing that in your first and uh, first uh, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot of classmates who've done that. Um, so, yung my free time, sila, inaaral nila yung mga paano gumawa mm-hmm. ng web apps, mobile apps, which help them a lot when they're doing their, um, like, yung my thesis kami sa CS, sa UP. So, usually, practical applications yung, yung, uh, yung thesis namin. So, it helped them a lot because they didn't have to learn it from scratch. They just had to build on top of what they already know. Mm-hmm. So, if you are taking computer science and uh, the fundamental theoretical stuff is not so exciting for you, then I, th- I would suggest also <laughs> allocating time 
studying these practical applications if that's what makes it fun for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Na-touch nyo atin no, yung software engineering. Uh, na- mm. Actually, nandun sa loob nun yung mga binanggit nyo din, mobile app, mobile development, app, uh, web development. No? Yun yung mga mas practical and mas, ano ba, mas familiar yung mga mga commoners <laughs> kasi yun yung, yung 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 ginagamit ng mga ng lahat no uh, minai-interactan natin everyday no sa fo- yeah. sa well web, web at saka mobile apps no tapos ano yung mga parang expected na parang kaya mo nang ma-create na ng mga projects halimbawa sa sa first year, second year, third year <laughs> kung yung typical siguro may mga iba kasi mas advanced like before pa or in, on their own time talaga nag-work on their skills which is maganda talaga no pero <laughs> yung siguro yung base yung pinaka baseline <laughs> ano yung parang expected or kaya na sanang ma-produce ma- ma- ng mga projects <laughs> yes so sa first year um my yung CS12 uh, so CS12 is nasa second semester ng first year sa computer science So, ang inaral namin noon ay Java. So, sa Java, in, during that time, pwede na kaming gumawa ng games na may user interface. So, which is a lot more fun. Kasi nung CS11, which is yung introductory course, puro command line lang. Tapos puro like prints lang sa command line yung nakikita mo. Walang GUI. So, nung nag-GUI na kami, nung sa CS12, uh, ang daming tao na like, they had fun doing it. Uh, may mga demo days kami na oh lahat ng games and like all these like really creative games that people made I, I thought it was really exciting and fun to do that you say people get to be creative um, they put colors and like animations and really like it's amazing how much people can do with like CS11 and CS12 in their first year let's get back second year I think it's just uh, more advanced stuff more advanced implementation on top of what you've already learned in CS 11 and 12. I think nung CS, nung second year ko, wala masyadong practical application except na natuto akong mag-code in assembly. <laughs> uh, tsaka yung hardware nga. <laughs> like how to work with Raspberry Pi. Tapos paano mag-program using that. Um, so I, feel, I guess I guess that's like, oh, Arduino pala nung time namin. Uh, Hindi Raspberry Pi. Arduino, Arduino yung ginamit namin. So, pero hindi Maraming siya applications din sa Arduino. So, yeah. so sa second so, year pa lang, kaya mo nang gawin yun. Sa amin, siguro. I mean, kung mag strictly follow ka sa curriculum, later pa, <laughs> fourth year ka pa, makakagawa. Ah, so, sige. Ah, so, sa around third year, ano na yung mga ginagawa nyo natin? Oh, so, Ito, nag-start na kayo mag-Google Student Ambassador. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, pag third year, so yun na yung introduction sa software engineering. So, you will learn how to design um, web apps or mobile apps depending on which path you choose. Mostly people do, in my time, it, they did web apps. Pero nung time namin, yung web applications sobrang simple lang, like monolithic pa yung application. Unlike now na microservices na yung notion ng web apps, hindi na siya like just one application with both front-end and back-end code. Uh, ngayon like meron ang na microservices, which is kind of a different way of um, progr- uh, designing applications. Because it's more modularized. So, yun. Matututo kayong mag, paano mag-connect, paano gumawa ng uh, HTML uh, web page, salagyan ng JavaScript to respond to event, events. Tapos, yung events na yun, may back-end, back-end counterpart. Tapos, paano mag-read, write, update, delete from a database, ng records from a database. So, yung basis na paggawa ng basic web application, you can do it in your third year. <laughs> and, and, Complex features, I guess, uh, like paano mag-async request, I guess you can do that too if you're really keen. <laughs> <laughs> And in your fourth year, dito na yung thesis, no? Yeah, nung thesis namin, um, more of like, you get the chance to pick which area you want to work on. So may mga people na, they pick labs that are more practical, that work on like web applications um, or like more on services. So developing services that solve a very specific problem for certain clients. So I'm magano na thesis. Uh, yung sa akin, I, I pick the one that, that's focused on um, machine learning and artificial intelligence. So yung maginawa namin is, um, hindi siya full-fledged application, pero... We develop algorithms that could, you know, detect um, abnormal um, heart conditions based of like audio from electric, um, car- electric cardiogram. Um, so, elect- digital stethoscope. So, the, those devices that uh, doctors use to listen to your heart. So, we did that. Pero hindi siya like 
uh, like straight usable, we just develop a POC of it, um, which was fun. <laughs> Totoo, no? Yung mga, lahat ng mga binanggit nyo, kung may mga nakikinig ng mga bata, talagang parang napaka-exciting na gawin ng mga projects. Pero kung titignan din natin talaga yung trabaho involved dito, hindi siya basta-basta. Um, <laughs> trabaho siya. It, it can be very frustrating. Many times hindi mag-work kasi you, do, you keep on developing it until mag-work. So, sa inyo ate, paano nyo ngayon nag-overcome nag, yung mga yung sa simula nag-struggle nga kayo and then even as you um, parang nakakapag-keep up na kayo, mas nagiging complex din yung mga kailangan yung gawin at matutunan. So, how did you work on your your skills? Yes. So, uh, as you mentioned, there's a lot of times where um, the work involved in uh, doing a computer science degree can be frustrating, but um, there's also the other side of it, which, which it can be really rewarding, especially if stuff that you built looks really cool and you show it off to people. And, you know, sometimes people get lucky that their um, stuff that they built get, gets recognized um, internationally or nationally. Um, and I guess that's the rewarding part. You build really cool stuff, uh, innovative stuff that people haven't done before. Um, now, how do you how do you keep up with the level of time commitment and skills mm. in order to get to that level? Mm. I think there's a couple of things. So the first one is to really really leverage the um, the collaboration and knowledge sharing between you and your peers. So, nung time ko, marami akong batchmates. Um, and what we would do is, we would go to the library and study together um, and do um, problem-solving sessions together. Minsan, nag-prepare coding kami kasi uh, sometimes people don't get it and they need help. So, these collaborative sessions really help in overcoming that. Um, second one is to seek mentorship from higher uh, upperclassmen or people who have graduated and are in industry. So, nung first two years ko sa computer science, nag, uh, merong mentorship program sa department namin. So, may, may tutor ako kumbaga na higher upperclassmen. Tapos kapag may hindi ako nagigets na concept, concept they help me through it. Um, we, we do sessions like maybe one hour per week. Kunyari, kapag may problem set, tas nahihirapan ako isolve yun, they help me with it. And they, um, they make me uh, realize uh, which, which gaps which are the gaps in my thinking. Tapos, yeah, it really helps to leverage that network. Maybe like orgmates na, uh, like magagaling na orgmates who can help you like get, uh, learn a concept or overcome like a, a really difficult problem in a problem set. And thirdly, I think um, yung uh, leverage time to uh, get more time from your professor. So outside of the classroom, usually, you can reach out to a professor if you really don't get a concept that they have taught in class. Um, like you can ask them questions after class, you can set up a meeting with them so you can ask more questions and really learn it. Um, I think in UP that we don't leverage that time effectively and we feel like we, if we reach out to a professor, it's really scary to do that. But when I was in another university and taking my graduate studies, a lot of graduate students do this where they reach out to a professor over email or like go to their office to, to ask them about a concept that they did not get. So, and yes, so these are the three, I think, effective tools that you can use to um, really upskill yourself and survive the whole CS program. And on top of that, it's uh, keeping up, keeping your motivation and really thinking about why you're in the CS program in the first place and your motivations for doing it and leveraging um, time, being better at time management. Um, you have to know which things to prioritize um, while you're studying. I, I guess that's a common denominator when you're in college. You really have to be good at managing your time and recognizing which which stuff is priority over non-priority non items mm -hmm. and making yourself just healthy um, when you're in college it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon so kailangan kailangan mo maging healthy hindi kailangan po yan throughout college um because it really makes you learn less kasi pagod ka palagi so i would suggest doing taking care of yourself while you're doing that oh. uh, okay iyan pa kulato kasi ang daming magagandang points dito atin so una yung collaboration and 
and knowledge sharing no maganda talaga um i mean mas, mas speed up talaga yung yung learning process kapag minsan talagang humagpapaturo ka hindi ka ng tulong with your own mga kaklase mo and org org mates mo siguro pero meron din ako available online na forums <laughs> pwede rin naman silang tumingin um, i mean surprisingly ang daming available na na answers to, to even napaka specific na na question query lang lilito agad for a simple question lang naman you can find answers din online um you find these forums no look for these forums sunod yung stack overflow yes so sige hinihintayin natin sila para para aware na yung mga nakikinig stack overflow ano pa ba yung github <laughs> yes github yung mga sample code youtube oh my gosh oh my so, oh youtube <laughs> And yung, yung mga specific na mga programming language, may sarili-sarili din silang mga tutorials online na parang ganun. Andun yung, well, yung library, yung kanilang library. Susunod atin na nabanggit mo yung mentorship. So, nabanggit nyo na parang usually hinihingi nyo ng tulong. Ah, yun nga. Para makita nyo yung mga gaps in your thinking. So, mostly on your, yun nga yung approach nyo on solving the problem. So, y- y- yung mga sin- yung syntax problems kasi parang ano na yun. Eh. Technical na lang yun na madali na lang malala- ma- makita yung sagot. So yung ano na lang no yung way of approaching the problem isang magandang hingan na, hingan natin ng advice from our mentors. At sana iwasan din siguro yung ano feeling ko may mga iba din na parang nagiging prone to ipagawa sa ibang tao yung kanilang yes, no, no. <laughs> no 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 Yes. I think the best thing is um may mga problems na similar so mm-hmm. you can find problems that are similar but not exactly the mm-hmm. same problem. Hindi pong alam mo yung may For example, may mga problem sets na found in computer science books tapos may mga sagot doon sa likod ng libro. But like, how do you get to that answer? You don't know. So maybe yung mentor mo yung nagpo-provide nung bridge. Yung connection na yan. Nice, nice. Oh, maganda nga yun, maganda nga yun. Yung sa pangalan naman, yung reaching out to your professors. Siguro dito ako medyo <laughs> sanay. Yun. Yung paglapit sa professors talagang kita ko din yung value nito eh. Ano pa lang, undergrad pa lang. Uh, Susunod, nabanggit nyo din yung motivation, no? ba't ka, nandi- ka nandito? So, kayo atin, nung nabanggit nyo sa simula, medyo accidental yung pagpasok nyo sa computer science. Pero later on, well, na- nakita nyo din kasi yung, yung rewarding aspect ng, ng, tra- ng uh, trabaho ng computer science, ng computer scientist or ganun. Uh, ano pa yung parang uh, ibang, ibang yung motivation for this? Yung, I guess yung bigger purpose, yung bigger picture is hmm. you help you help solve problems mm-hmm. big big and small problems be it in in an industry context or sa community through building technology 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 driven solutions to them so uh halimbawa nung nung nasa university kami may competition in Accenture tapos yung challenge is you build mobile apps tapos you can you can literally do anything um i think mostly yung topics is about education so How do you solve an educational problem with um, through mobile applications? So, yung problem na sinolve namin is yung lack of um, laboratory equipment in most public schools in the uh, in the Philippines. So people don't really have hands-on experience when they're learning chemistry. Kasi nga, di ba limited yung mga yung mga beaker, mga test tubes. Bawal bawal gamitin kasi baka mabasag tas mahal sila i-replace. That's just mostly most schools don't have that. So, yung ginawa namin is baka we can provide the experience to students virtually through a mobile application, which is a bit cheaper and more accessible to these students who are learning, say, in a school that doesn't have a proper lab. So, yung mga ganung, uh, ganung motivation na parang you are using your skills and um, problem-solving skills and technology skills to solve a very specific problem, I think, It's a really exciting thing to to look forward to, and even now in my current job, I always try to look for a role that has more purpose. So, a role that would give me a chance to apply what I've learned from school and in my previous work into something that's more meaningful. So that that would be, I guess, the the more uh, purposeful way of looking at computer science and at career in tech. Nice. Uh, actually, tawag nga minsan sa mga, mga coders, no? parang archit- invisible architects so, <laughs> ng society ngayon. No? Kasi talagang marami na talagang nakabuilt upon these technologies. And yun nga, hindi lang tagi nagbibuild ng, ng parang infrastructure, kundi nagsasolve din tayo ng existing problems. No? <laughs> uh, lastly yeah. na lang din siguro yung nabanggit yun kasi yung 
keeping yourself healthy. <laughs> Kasi may yeah. image na, na isang programmer, computer scientist, na parang, ano yung tawag sa kanya? The guy in the chair. <laughs> the guy, yeah, in dark room. Dark room, tapos yun nga, kumakain ng chips all night, um, hindi natutulog, tulitulog, nasa harapan ng computer. Pero, eh, hindi, hindi naman ganun talaga. Uh, hindi na, uh, well, kasi unhealthy yun eh, kung ganun yung talagang magiging way of live, working mo, di ba? After nyo nga ng undergrad nyo, computer science sa UP Diliman, nag-MS kayo, master's in knowledge service engineering, na parang yung, yung kailangan dito, data science concepts pa rin naman, no? So, in kay sa Korea. So ano yes. yung ano naman yung nag-bring about ng decision na yun? Mm, that is a good question. So nung graduate ako from university, uh, sa bachelor's, it was 2015. Tapos na-realize ko because I did uh, a thesis in uh, machine learning and I really like working with data. Na I wanted to be a data scientist and a data scientist was a very new role back then like uh-huh. It was a it was a hot new role, um, and companies in the Philippines didn't really hire for data scientists yet. There's no existing practice or community around it. It was just oh, this hot new thing in tech, but nobody's actually really doing it yet um, at a scale that we see now. So I was working. I got a job at Globe. I was working as a management associate, but the role didn't really fit to my um, aspiration of becoming a data scientist because it didn't allow me to. Um, work with data and do modeling. It was mostly like management. Um, it's a management role. So you manage projects, um, work with people who to deliver a project. So it's not, it's not data, it's not data science. So I thought that maybe to get to the next step and actually um, get a job as a data scientist, maybe I should take some time off and actually develop and learn more um, around this area. So I decided to go to Korea and that was also partially driven by the fact that scholar ako ng Yusong <laughs> yes. ng college and our sponsor really encouraged me to like take this opportunity in Kais. So I, I looked for like various um, graduate programs um, in Korea and Kais has a really good one which is called Knowledge Service Engineering and I picked that one specifically because essentially you can craft and make the program to whatever flavor that you want. So some people who get into that program are very technical. So they go get, they're from computer science or electronics engineering, and they want it to be a really technical program for them. And they pick a lot of um, graduate courses in EE or in computer science um, or even other departments. And there are also people who come from a business background. So what they do is they they mostly end up doing product product development courses. So courses related to human-computer interaction, um, service design. Um, and then there's the middle part, which like has the intersection of both the design and the um, computer science. So I, it was very attractive to me because you can make it your own and you can be in any of that spectrum. So I picked that course and I decided to be somewhere in the middle. So I took a lot of um, artificial intelligence classes. And then on top of that, I had um, a lot of courses in um, human computer interaction. So my, my, my course kami dona, nag design kami ng web app. Tas yung web app, my machine learning part, tas my hardware part din siya. So it's like a culmination of different aspects and putting it into practical application. And so I, I did that for two years and um, my specialty was around um, network science. So complex network analysis. Um, so basically, nag-analyze kami ng big data on medical literature. Tapos dun sa big data, inassess namin kung ano yung mga topics na emerging and topics that are going to die. <laughs> topics that are like merging together and diverging and more specializing. So um, it was my first real experience doing data science work. And I think a lot of the things that I learned um, in that graduate program really equipped me to become a data scientist and get a job in industry. And so by the time I graduated, like, um, the companies, industry was adopting data science really well. Like people are actually hiring for data scientists I when I came back. <laughs> so it was like a good timing for me. Sige, subukan natin i-explain ng konti yung yun nga, artificial intelligence and data science sa mga, sa mga bata. No? So, subukan natin i-explain. So, <laughs> example, siguro mag-specific na application. Um, um, ipipre- hey. uh, so, 
kunyari, may problem, i-predict ah, i- ah, mo kung ano yung magiging test score mo. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> sa isang exam. Or magiging oh, test score. Oh. Mga, okay, mga yes. So, kailangan natin ng data. Siguro mga previous na nag-take ng mga previous exam, na nag-take yes. ng exam na to, halimbawa. Tapos, um, well, siyempre, mahalaga doon. Yung, yung parang output na data doon ay yung results nila, yung scores nila. And then, yung yes. in, parang inputs doon sa na yung inputs mo para mag mag mag-arrive dun sa output na na yon na test result na yon. Yun, ikaw yung mag-iisip kung ano yung kailangan mo, na additional data, no? So ano 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 kaya mga yon? So for example, kunyari, so yung the way that you think about it, para siyang function, so yung function f of x equals y. So yung y mo is yung yung variable na gusto mong i-predict. So um yun yung test score, tapos yung x is yung input. So yung x you are free to design what your x is mm-hmm. but usually kung it's a context ng problem na ito you will you will like look at um ano yung ilang hours spent studying uh-huh. <laughs> on the test mm-hmm. o sa ang school at anong classing school galing yung estudyante um ano yung socioeconomic background nila um ano yung age nila uh-huh. <laughs> um, or any results from previous exams so Ayun, five variables na yung nasite ko. So using these five variables as your input, you can then tra- you will then be able to predict your output, which is yung score. So obviously, may mga data sets ka from the past na will allow you to build this data set and build your X. Um, so basically, yung machine learning, ginagawa lang niya is it will detect patterns within your historical data, which in this case, yung historical scores ng other students, and try to... Uh, arrive at a um, at a function that will allow you to given this input predict an output. So mm-hmm. parang ano siya. Obviously, mayroong ibang ibat ibang klase ng machine learning and different branches. Pero yung essence ng yung data ng machine learning and artificial intelligence is to equip um, computers or machines um, with um, pattern detection uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> pattern detection skills so they can perform tasks that a human would do. Um, yeah. So, maraming exciting applications. Basically, kunyari, yung, uh, may area yung machine learning na computer vision. So, yung tipong given a picture, ikaklassify mo kung sino yung nasa picture. Like, sa Facebook, right? Uh, makikita nyo na may sometimes nagsasuggest like, Facebook na kung ano yung itatag, sino yung nasa picture, itatag mo ba siya or hindi. So, magano application. That, that's a very basic intro. <laughs> yeah. Oo oh, nga Uh, suggestion yung ano suggestions noon ba sa Netflix Spotify yung mga suggestions sa yo based din yun sa mga previous data no nung mga previous users with si- siguro similar watch history <laughs> parang ganoon ay kaya si kaya sila nag-come up din with those suggestions ay parang ano nga no tama yun. i think aware naman sila no sa idea ng functions and siguro yung ibang mga high school uh, high school students meron din statistics na courses so uh, baka meron na rin sila ng regression so parang yun nga may data ka lang sa sa iyong plane. Halimbawa, meron kang kung anong ilang dimensions may yung plane mo na yun. So, yung mga data na yun, for usually, medyo parang uh, nag, nag-perform nga yun ng pattern. So, parang trace mo lang kung ano nga ba yung parang yung pattern na yun. Plus, mas, using your your traced pattern, yun, medyo, kaya, medyo kaya mo na i-predict yung mga future na outcomes din. Okay, so, after nung MS nyo, nag-start na kayo mag-work. And yes. Ano yung type of uh, industry or type of work na pinili nyo right after MS? Yeah, so, nung pag-graduate ko, um, syempre, yung mga gusto kong pasukan na role is around data science. So, I applied for entry-level data science jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my first job uh, post-graduation was with a Filipino company called mm-hmm. Thinking Machines Data Science. So, um, so, Thinking Machines, I spent like three months there and I worked I mostly worked with um, natural language processing. So, may, may data set kami na puro text. Tapos, kailangan ko i-detect kung ano yung topics dun sa text na yun through machine learning. So, uh, that was really exciting work. And yung Filipino application... Filipino uh, Tagalog? Ah, Tagalog and English. Ah, Tagalog. So, oh. Kasi Filipino nga pala, marami ng English na nakapasok. Yeah. So, <laughs> so mixture siya. Tapos, so, kailangan namin organize yung, yung text into different topics. Tapos, Based on sa topics, um, ma-identify mo kung anong topic interested yung isang tao. Um, kasi 
yung text produced by different people. So if you know what the topic of the text is, then you can associate the topic to a person and then you can then market certain um, campaigns or certain offers to that person. So use siya in a telco context, in telco yung application nun. Um, yeah, so if you are a subscriber to a telco in the Philippines, you must have gotten some promo that used that model. <laughs> and then after that, um... Oh yes. Yeah. So after that, I I then uh, jumped into consulting. So, uh, ito yung time na I left the Philippines and I worked uh, started working in Australia. And I I got into a company called McKinsey and Company. So McKinsey and Company is a consulting firm. So what that means is that they work with different organizations, different companies. Um, to solve specific problems for those companies. So I spent the two and a half years at McKinsey. And um, during that time, I worked with different clients in Australia. So some of my exciting projects, um, most of the, the clients I served were in mining. So I worked in mining as a data scientist. So the thing about this is I never really imagined myself working in mining, but I ended up doing it anyway. And the type of problems that you solve as a data scientist in mining um, is very like complex. So to give you an idea of what that looks like. So some mining, <laughs> some process of mining, uh, you, you dig up the earth, you extract materials from the earth, raw materials. And then you process those raw materials to extract, say, for example, um, lead and zinc. Uh, I work with a lead and zinc client. So yung process of extracting those fine materials, refined materials, it, it's very complex because it goes through a processing plant. So dun sa processing plant, you can think about there's a process that like grinds the raw materials and makes them into finer particles. Mm -hmm. And there's a process that does... Um, Flotation, so meaning in extract nila yung purest form of material that you will get from that ore that they got from the earth. <laughs> so yung process ng pagrefine, maraming variables involved. So basically, yung model na ginawa ko, it will suggest the settings, the right and optimal settings, so that they can extract the most amount of material from the raw material that they started with. So I think part about that job is you actually go to the sites. So uh -huh. I went in mining sites. Um, I worked in the U.S. for that as well. So I was working in the North Pole. <laughs> um, what? Uh, yes, yes. Pole? North. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So sure. This is the variety of, um, of engagements mm -hmm. that I get. So now I'm retail space. Uh -huh. now West Farmers. So you West Farmers... Um, Retail conglomerate siya. So marami siyang divisions underneath it. So merong uh, office works, which is selling like office supplies, office furniture. And then merong Kmart, uh, which is like home decor, clothing. Um, so ang ginagawa ko ngayon for, for West Farmers is I make recommendation algorithms. So kapag pumunta ka sa website uh -huh. ng isang, isang brand, tas bibili ka ng, kunyari, gusto mong bumili ng uh, chair. So Given your search, uh, we actually have an algorithm that recommends what other items you might buy on top of the chair. So, oh, you buy a chair, maybe you also like a cushion or like a, a table that comes with a chair. So we have algorithms that suggest that to users. But like you, uh, so what I'm trying to say here is that there's a variety of things yes. that you can practice. Yeah. Well, pag-share nyo ng inyong experiences, no? Kung nandito ka sa, kung ito yung background mo, talagang lahat mm -hmm. ng industries pwede mong pasapat kasi kailangan talaga ito ngayon. So, ang maganda rin sa computer science, parang all around the world, same lang yung halos yung infrastructure, no? You can get into any industry and you get to travel. Yan nga, hindi ka limited. Saan ka originally from, halimbawa. At ano pa, um, ikaw kung halimbawa isa kang tao na interested sa psychology, na magiging napaka-interesting nitong career na to for you. I mean, you get to learn about the human condition. So, yeah. I mean, ikaw siguro meron ka ng mga na napapansin dyan about how people think, how people buy, how people... Uh, yes. Ano. <laughs> Ayan, so, may insight ka, no? Ng mga, may ganun din, no? Uh, ano pa? Um, other than, other than data science, at ano pa yung mga career options for computer science um, graduates? Yes, so, graduate ng computer science, marami kang pwedeng pasukan na um, industry and roles. Uh, 
Um, so a few of the common pathways, at least the Pilipinas, is first of all, you can be a software engineer. Tapos kapag software engineer, pwede kang maging front-end. So in front-end, you man develop ng user interface. Um, so people, uh, elements of the application that users can see. It's my back-end. So yung mga back-end yung nag-handle ng mga request, paano yung implementation ng business logic. Um, tapos pwede ka rin maging data engineer. So yung data engineer, specialize sila sa paggawa ng efficient um, data pipelines. So kasi may big data, big data is generated from web application. So paano mo isustore, ipaprocess, itatransform yung data. So yun yung ginagawa nila. Um, of course, you can go data science as we have talked about previously. Uh, so data scientists do modeling. Uh, they do machine learning models um, like recommender systems, um, computer vision, as, I've, as we've talked about previously. As for the getting my work in the um, as an IT professional, so more on like IT project management, pano magdesign ng service. So these are more, I guess, less technical roles, but they're uh, still in the realm of computer science because they use elements of computer science to design the solution. So marami kang paring pasukan, uh, and you don't have to be in a very specific industry, right? You can. The thing about computer science is because the concepts are. Um, applicable across different domains. You can say start working as a software engineer for a bank and then later you might decide that, oh, I might proceed to go to retail or maybe work in something more exciting along like research or um, like stock trading. Oh, you, you can do a lot and it's not like you have to stick with it the whole entire career. Um, you can be flexible and as long as you continue to upskill yourself and learn. <laughs> Iba pa pala, no? iniiwalay din pala yung data science and data engineering. So yung engineering naman more on um, parang managing ng data, parang, parang gano'n. Yes, may so, database administrators din, tapos merong uh, neural okay. na machine learning engineer, DevOps engineer, cloud architect, so manami. Uh, <laughs> I uh, could okay. go on. <laughs> ano, ano ngayon yung parang napapansin niya na nag-grow in terms of yun, pagiging hot topic? <laughs> Yes, so that's a good question. Um, so in the early days of data science, yung focus na mga tao is like POC models. So basically, nag-explore nag- or data analysis sila, tapos nag- nag- they extract insights out of the data, tapos those insights translate to business actions. Tapos may mga modeling din. So, pero yung mga modeling, like it just resides in a POC state. So POC meaning proof of concept. They don't actually go to market. So yung, yung um, challenge ngayon for companies who are doing data science is to make it at scale. So what I mean by that is if you have data scientists and they develop a backlog of models and uh, use cases, then the challenge is to get those use cases to, to the market. So have them actually used by people and be applied in like real operations or real business context. So in the process of doing that, the roles that are involved within data science are changing. So as you mentioned, my data engineer, which they manage like the complex data pipelines, data scientists mostly do the modeling. But then there's also uh, people who, who productionize those models. And these people are called machine learning engineers. So they specialize on making sure that those models can respond to requests at the right time and that they're robust enough to be taken into production. So less fault tolerant, less buggy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, there are a variety of new roles that are emerging out of this field. Um, and really, like, we're just scratching the sur- surface here. And in terms of, like, trends in data science, so before we are doing, like, deep learning. Deep learning was a very big thing. Um, but now I think the next realm is reinforcement learning. So, um, uh, and we're moving into a world where that's becoming more, um, I guess, the more more emerging um, solution to some of the biggest problems. Even like recommender systems, like it's not the state of the art is no longer deep learning solutions. It's just it's reinforcement learning. So Netflix is using reinforcement learning to recommend you movies to watch. So I think that's a space to watch out for. And obviously, this is a very advanced topic for um. people into computer science, but I wanted to um, let you guys know that that is a really interesting topic to perhaps try and learn and read about. Um, it's a complex one, and even it requires perhaps years of studying to, to catch up, but at least you know that that exists, and you know the gist of that idea. <laughs> so, nasa stage na pala tayo ng development ng industry na to, na nag-ini-scale na natin itong mga models na to, no? So, 
Uh, actually nga, naririnig rinig ko lang, no? Na parang problem nga talaga with AI yung resource, no? Yung ano ba? Well, ang laki ng kailangan mong memory at saka energy. Parang ganun, tamang, tama ba? So, yeah. And nabanggit nyo nga na yung direction ngayon ng data science para nasa reinforcement learning. So, dati kasi nga yung deep learning, parang black box siya na parang, sige, gumawa ka na mo. Hindi mo na alam kung ano nangyayari sa loob. Ilalagay mo lang yung input mo, lalabas na siya. So, with reinforcement, tama ba na parang uh, mas, ano, mas actively na ina-adjust yung model? Parang ganun. Yes, yes. With new with new knowledge parang ganun. Yeah. Mas dynamic yung response. Ah, okay. siya, hindi lang siya based of historical data, mm-hmm. pero take into account yung current situation. Ah, so for example, yung isang common application niyan, yung self-driving cars, 'di ba? Mm-hmm. Hindi mo naman pwedeng i-train yung car to detect every possible combination mm-hmm. na pwedeng niya encounter on the road. So, reinforcement learning, you take a more dynamic approach towards teaching your we call it an agent So, uh-huh. yung model na gamit dun sa reinforcement learning is called an agent. So, yung agent mo, he learns what's good and what's bad based of um, a concept of reward. <laughs> so, kapag... <laughs> parang, parang aso, no? Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. If it's bad, then you don't reward it. And so, it, it's trained in a different way, allowing it to be to be responding to more dynamic situations. Kung papasok ka sa industry na ito, hindi matatapos yung pag-aaral mo. Uh, nasa mm-hmm. infancy pa lang din naman siya. And, Yeah, na, walang isang parang bahagi ng profession na to, nagbabasa ka din ng ng papers, mga academic papers kasi talagang may inga inaaral pa siya. Kailangan willing ka din na na mag, magbasa <laughs> ng mga yeah. ng mga recent uh, recent works on this. I think a common misconception kapag graduate ka na hindi ka na mag-aaral pero really wrong yung uh, yung college mo parang yung year spent in college is only the beginning of it when you are post college and you start working um you still are learning and you're doing it while on the job so you guys out there who think like that that you'll stop studying once you graduate that's not true at all <laughs> minabasa lang ako actually na parang yung the coding is becoming as important as reading and writing so kayo ba do you agree with this and in what ways kaya tingin niyo na nagiging ganun na yung direction halimbawa In, in education, baka in the future ba, uh, required na rin talaga yung coding for elementary students. Yeah. Ano na yung opinions niyo on this? I think that's very true. Um, so, yung parallels nakikita ko, maybe hindi reading or writing, but more on arithmetic. So, mm-hmm. still a basic literacy, literacy skill and every uh-huh. person who goes through school should know how to add, subtract, divide, and multiply. So, I see coding as like that. Um, and the reason for that is Um, the technologies that we have access to are becoming more complex. And in order for us to grapple with that complexity, uh, we need to know how te- that technology is built and how it's working. So I think teaching people how to code, code will enable them to kind of get the gist of that. So how, how do applications work? It's not magic. It's not a black box. Mm-hmm. There's actually a written sequ- sequence of instructions that let you that allow you to allow the computer to respond to what the user tells it to do. So, parang parang ganun yung paradigm na nakikita ko when it comes to coding. Now, will will coders be like out like wiped out because everybody is coding? Absolutely not. In the same way na everybody knows how to do arithmetic. If, if you're literate, you know how to do it. But can you can you do complex maths like the way that mathematicians can? No. <laughs> no, no. Uh-uh. Um, maybe the fundamentals are going to be learned by everyone, even like even at a very early stage, maybe in primary school, like yung algorithmic thinking that will be instilled to uh, ch- children at a very young age as we like for future generations. And even the syntax part as well, like, you know, like kids now can code. They have a very own specific language that allows them to like yeah. program Lego robots, you know, it's uh-huh. a thing um but i don't think that um people who specialize in coding will be irrelevant because as i've mentioned the field is diversifying and becoming more specialized and there are really niche areas where you really have to develop a certain level of expertise in order for you to work in that area so yes coding will be popular and everybody will learn how to code but it will still take uh, a specialization and going into a computer science degree to actually work in certain areas like data science <laughs> i would say yes. about din sa educating 
even young people coding mm-hmm. sabi mga um, possible siya no may sabi mga may mga nag, mga bata na nagpo-program na ng ng robots ganun pero yeah. <laughs> ano lang how do you envision this happening in the Philippines halimbawa ano ano yung mga steps na kailangan mo nang gawin uh, i think it will take uh, a significant investment from the government um, in order to actually have a curriculum um, that will equip our students um, to be technology ready um, and like future ready, as they say. So, yun, kailangan ng push from government and a good curriculum that will allow students, um, say in, prim- in elementary school or high school to learn algorithmic thinking and learn coding. Um, So in your first step, and I guess the second step is um, for resources, uh, learning resources to be de- well developed. So I think in during the pandemic, we saw how the how teachers have shifted into online education, and I think that's really great because that tells us that actually it can be done. <laughs> um, it's not like it's not impossible. So. I guess the push here is for teachers to um, and schools to develop those learning resources. Because I think the way I say it, I see it is the government will give you funding, but how you implement the learning and the curriculum is actually up to the school. So, like having teachers who actually can can code oh. and teachers to do that would be um, would be ideal. So maybe maybe. Also, from like that, uh, a teaching perspective, people who are studying to be teachers also need to learn how to do that if they wanted to teach that in when they're actual teachers already. So, yeah. Um, and thirdly, I think the Philippines is becoming a a very internet-enabled country, <laughs> and that's a good thing. Like even people who live in very remote areas have access to a smartphone and have data that can they can use to connect to the internet. Like. I think globally, countries super active on Facebook. Um, so I, I, that is a very good channel actually to um, allow people to learn. So maybe it's a matter of um, recommending resources to people and maybe uh, having online platforms that are accessible for free. I know Facebook free dati, na yes. kahit na free data mo, like you can use it to connect to Facebook. Maybe it's a matter of the government enabling that for learning platforms. Sana magkaroon so, din ng free Google, parang ganun. <laughs> free yes, yes. Coursera. 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 <laughs> free, ano na yun? Khan Academy, mga ganun. Yes. Diba? Mga ganun channels, I think, are innovative and will help us um, get more people to be, to learn about technology and learn how to code. <laughs> uh, by, by free pala, we mean na ano, di ba? You don't need to have a data plan to access this. Yes. Ibinatin sa bin with free. Ano na ate ang um, closing statement na siguro? Uh, how will you encourage more Filipinos and siguro more more women to learn how to code? Yeah, uh, I think I would probably phrase this from um, two perspectives. So the first perspective is um, on the economics of it. So. Um, More increasingly, the type of jobs that are um, available in the Philippines are focused on technology. So usually, yung service industry in the Philippines, we we think about like call centers, but actually there's an emerging um, subset of the service industry, which is the technology services. So people who actually build stuff. Um, and we're kind of competing with India in this, because a lot of um, Western companies, they outsource their um, software builds into India. But actually, the Philippines is a really good uh, provider of that service as well. So, like, there's a high demand for coders and uh, jobs that require coding in the future. So, if you want to have that security of being able to find a job and like have financial stability, then I guess you should pursue coding because of that. <laughs> um, and it's a great way for you to. be able to lift yourself um, economically. Um, so th- that would be my first a- first part of the answer. And the second part is, um, I guess, more on becoming up to date um, with the changing times. So the kind of skills that are required um, in the job market right now are not focused on a very specific like, like skill like they used to, 
like the job market is changing and the kind of skills that are required are also changing. And a fundamental aspect of that is this whole algorithmic thinking. So learning how to code will allow you to be introduced to that and will develop your problem solving skills. And these kind of skills are not only applicable to software engineering jobs or jobs in technology, it is applicable anywhere. So say for example, if you work in business or marketing, like being able to understand that your data, extract insights from that data will empower you to be able to make decisions for the business that you're working on. So like, as you can see, Hindi lang siya limited to software engineering. This type of skills that you learn by coding are applicable across um, different industries. And being able to understand, to learn coding, you'll be able to understand technology and how technology works. So you can use technology effectively. <laughs> um, so to summarize, it's, one, it's good as a career, um, and you'll be safe economically if you work in if you know how to code. Second is it's it will empower you to use technology better. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> tama tama. And tayo ate tin ako ikaw. We consider ourselves lucky na although parang accidentally lang or yah happenstance na napasok tayo sa industry nato pero yeah we consider ourselves lucky dahil nga yun na, na, lalo ngayon na nasa industry na tayo, nakikita natin talaga yung, uh, yung stability mo in terms of like job opportunities even in the future, no? Um, and being, yun nga, up to date with the technology. Um, yun nga, well, sa experience natin, hindi naman tayo nagsimula na maalam na with with coding, pero we, we just learned it as we went. So, sana marami ding ma, ma-inspire na to take the same path. Uh, you will be starting having your own webinars can you uh, can you share details about that oh yes so um <laughs> well i'm not starting my own i'm just offering to be part of a webinars okay. okay so um to our people who are listening to this podcast who are interested in technology i would encourage you guys to look out for facebook groups that are focused mm-hmm. on technology so maraming mga groups within within the Philippines. So, for example, the Python PH community it's very active. Meron React JS community. Meron like Philippine Android developers. So, maraming ganitong Facebook groups. So, kung may interest kayo in specific topics, you can join those groups and like ask questions because there's a you have access to a whole lot of professionals who can respond to your questions. Mm-hmm. Tapos kapag interested kayo sa startups, meron ding startups startup PH page. So. There's a whole lot of people out there that can help you gain perspective and gain insight if you really want to get into technology and pursue a career in it. Now, in relation to my um, to my talks, um, I did a talk with Python PH previously, and it's available on YouTube. So if you Google my name, Christine Validi, you will you will see um, um, a webinar around data science as well. And I talked there about the projects that I've done in the past. And also in a similar flavor, like tips on um, as a working professional, how to get into the industry for people who are starting out. Um, I, I talked a lot about um, how I went uh, to become a data scientist as well. So if you guys would want to know more about that, then you can go and check that webinar. And I'll be, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So uh, LinkedIn is a web, uh, it's, a, it's like a, it's like the Facebook for professionals. So if you go on LinkedIn and Google me, I will uh, and search me. I will probably be able to um, advertise some of the talks that I'll be doing in the future. So yeah, um, I hope you guys learned something from this session. And feel free to reach out if you have questions. 